The Toronto Maple Leafs road trip has finally come to an end, and they were able to get the job done in New Jersey. It wasn't a pretty one, but they were able to get the job done. I'll give you my thoughts on the win and more on this latest edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the March 8th edition of the Locked On These Podcasts, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David Morissuti from Sportsnet. Mike, he's starting his vacation today. He's actually probably up in the air as we're recording this right now. So I will be flying solo for today. Just a reminder that Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf Central podcast. So be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. And now you can catch us up on YouTube, Locked On Leafs. It's your team every day and this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook official sportsbook of Locked On make every moment more visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get you started and boy oh boy do we have quite a bit to talk about on today's show the Toronto Maple Leafs ending their road trip which started all the way out in Seattle went through Alberta went to Vancouver and then ending in New Jersey on Tuesday night the Leafs picked up a 4-3 victory, and boy, it wasn't the prettiest of games, I will say. Wasn't uh, the leafiest of games, but considering all the circumstances, I'm pretty sure many will take the 4-3 victory that came about. And we're going to just dump right... We're just going to... Oh, sorry. We're going to dive right into it. It was uh, it was, it was not a great start to this game. The first period, the Toronto Maple Leafs just... They looked so out of it. They looked like a team that was ending a five-game road trip spanning multiple time zones. And New Jersey Devils knew that, and they were tr- they smelled blood. <laughs> they were trying their best to uh, get the jump on the Leafs. They were out shooting them like hilariously bad in that first period. But I will give the Toronto Police credit. They did hang in there. They did, and a massive credit to that goes to Elias Samsonov who uh, did his best to make sure the Leafs did not go down early because it, this 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 looked like a game that could have been, you know, a shellacking if uh, Samsonov didn't stand on his head in the first period. And then eventually the Leafs did turn things around. Second period, it was a totally different team in the second period. They, I think when you look at it, though, I think a lot of the changes that were made on the ice, you know, no Ryan O'Reilly. No John Tavares, which means Sam Lafferty being moved up to the second line. Michael Bunting put to the fourth line. Just so many different changes happening in the lineup. You will think that something like that will take some time to get settled in, especially considering they only had really one practice with all all these line combinations. So it wasn't surprising that the Leafs came out of the game a little slow. It was a little surprising that, you know, on the, on the defensive end, it took some time to get things going. But... Um, once once they got into a groove, you know, it was nice to see that, uh, you know, going up against a really good New Jersey Devil team, New Jersey Devils team, like, let's not forget, the Devils have been playing really well since they made the trade for Timo Meyer. This isn't a team that's, you know, inferior to the Leafs when you look at, you know, the, the opponents that they had played on the road trip, right? They're not like, it's not the Calgary Flames who had been struggling not the Vancouver Canucks, although 
we don't want to <laughs> let's not talk about how that game went uh with the Leafs but like that it's not that type of opponent this is a really good Devils team that many believe could make a run although a tough metropolitan division but a team that's done very well this season has made made life very hard on the Leafs if you remember the two games they played against each other this season you know even the last time that the Leafs played the Devils they picked up the win but it was a very similar sort of effect where the Devils were on the Leafs from start to finish, right? The overturned goalie interference calls that essentially helped the Leafs pick up the win. I mean, obviously they were good; they were the right calls made at the time. But you know, th- those were those were very close games to the Leafs, and it could have gone either way. And it felt like this game had a bit of that similar mantra where the Leafs just needed to find a way to survive, find a way to just weather as much of the storm as they could and then capitalize on opportunities. And we saw that like the goal uh, from Kyle Yarncroke, what a play by Sam Lafferty and William Nylander using their speed, using, uh, you know, deceptiveness, you know, all the devil's players just deciding that William Nylander was the only player on the ice in the offensive zone, leaving Kyle Yarncroke in front of the net for the, uh, for the goal there. Like that, you know, those sort of little things, those are the advantage, things you have to take advantage of against a team like New Jersey who are very stingy defensively. They don't give you much. And we saw that in this game. So that's something you, if you're a Leafs fan and you're looking at that, that's something you should be proud of seeing is that finding a way through those tough moments just to just get through them and then finding a way to just get the, you know, get get the goal, right? You know, you, you would think that with the way everything went, that the Leafs were, uh, were struggling to even score goals and they were the ones that scored first in this game that was that was actually the ironic thing is they found a way to score first and it took a little bit of pressure off but you get the devil's credit the Leafs scored they respond right and there were there were some very tough moments to watch on you know defensive coverage in front of the net they the Leafs did some leafy things where um you know guys were left because two you know two defenders to decide to converge on the puck carrier and leaving one guy open for an easy chance and you know on that so things like that they still need to be worked on still need to be touched up on but i just like the response the response from this group they didn't you know back down they take that four minute penalty um you know Pontus Omer takes that four minute penalty you think ah this is gonna make things really tough and the devils were getting their chances on that uh on that power play and then Mitch Marner scores that shorthand goal, just like uh, we've come to see from him. It's kind of like a trademark Mitch Marner goal now. Uh, just a, a beautiful goal there. Devils obviously respond right away. Then they take the lead, and you think, yeah, this the Leafs might be running out of gas here. And this is where I think we saw a, di- a, a the Leafs team that, you know, this is the type of Leafs team that we need to see. You know, one that's going to persevere in those tough moments. Just find a way. You're not playing your best, but just find a way to get the win. That that's really it. And you know, credit the another beautiful play by David Camp, started by Justin Hall. I'm going to give him credit for a beautiful pass that started uh, that sprung David Camp in the offensive zone, and then finding Michael Bunting for the goal that tied the game. Uh, you didn't think I, I was uh, getting a little skeptical of whether the Leafs were going to find a way to tie it up. And then the Leafs get a late power play. And then it's Austin Matthews scoring goal. They honestly, I haven't seen in a little bit from Austin Matthews. Like you could tell when well, you saw that celebration from Austin Matthews, it's almost like a monkey off the back in a way, or just relief on him just to know. Yep. Yeah, I still got, it. I still have that shot. So, 
a lot of good things to like from this game. And I'm going to go more specific into certain players that I thought did quite well in this game. You know, give my three stars and we'll also continue to discuss a little bit more about some things that were said coming into this game that eyebrow raising moments, I'll call it eyebrow raising moments. So uh, we'll discuss that and more. But first, let me tell you about today's show sponsor, and it is our title sponsor. It is the FanDuel Sports Book. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and we're getting close to the end of the NHL season. And it's now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you don't bet. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and, you know, how many shots a certain player is going to get in the game, who's going to score the first goal. Many, many different bets you can make over at FanDuel. You know, I'm somebody who, uh, you know, partakes in a few bets myself. I like to build a couple of parlays. I like to get a couple of games involved is just, you know, keep my interest in not, in not just the Leafs sometimes, but other NHL games as well. But, you know, I'm betting the Leafs when I get that opportunity. And the great thing about FanDuel is it even lets you combine your bets for, for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you get the FanDuel Sportsbook on your phone, go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment with Fanduel, an official betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease Podcast. David Morissuti here. It is your team every day, and we cover this team five days a week. I know that Mike DeStefano is not here, he is on vacation. If you listen to Overdrive, and you know, Leafs lunch. They've been talking about Mike's uh, Mike's cruise vacation. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, a little envious on my part, but don't worry, I got you covered here. I do have some people that I'm working on to getting to join me on the show, so we get you. You know, I like to bring other people on the show, get their thoughts on the Leafs and other things. So uh, we'll have some guests joining us while Mike is away. So that'll he'll be gone for the next little bit. So. Uh, it will be me running the show. So I always appreciate it when you guys support me when uh, just by coming back and listening and telling all your friends about the show, making sure you tell them to subscribe. We're getting up in those subscriber numbers. So I'm really happy to see that now. So the Leafs pick up this victory over the New Jersey Devils. And there were some people that deserve some recognition for how this game turned out. So what's the best way than the usual three stars of the game? And I'm going to go a different route with some of my three stars. It's easy to go with, you know, Austin Matthews and Michael Bunting because of uh, the goals they scored. Although Michael Bunting was pretty good in this game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, looked more like a, a first liner than a fourth liner, if you know what I if you know what I mean. I know a lot of people were not exactly thrilled to see Michael Bunting on that fourth line. But I think it did help to have him there with uh, Alex Steves and Pontus Olmberg. But, you know, Michael Bunting was also getting power play time and all of those great things. So it wasn't like his role was. I know some people were thinking, oh, Shelton Keefe have something against Michael Bunting. I don't think so. I just think that, you know, I, when you have you, you want to ha- be able to run your four lines and run them comfortably. And I think having Michael Bunting there, it, it, there was some sense made to it. I know some people would have rather seen Alexander Kerfoot there. 
Um, Sheldon Keefe didn't seem to want to make that change right away. We'll see if that changes at all going forward. But uh, yeah, not surprised that it was Michael Bunting uh, on that line. So three stars of the game. Let's start with uh, somebody that I've been quite impressed with since uh, since he joined the Leafs. One of the few, one of the many, many players that were made uh, brought in ahead of the trade deadline. And that's Jake McCabe. So I don't know if you guys have, uh, saw this tweet over from Kevin Papetti. Uh, before I do bring up that tweet, though, like just why I brought him up as one of my three stars. End of the game there, you know, New Jersey is pushing for that tying goal. And Jake McCabe makes an important block to keep that game you know, keep the Leafs ahead in that game late in the late in the third period. Those are what the moments that you need a Jake McCabe on your team. That's why Jake McCabe was brought to Toronto. So uh, he's he's been pretty, he's been a breath of fresh air since the Leafs uh, acquired him, playing on that shutdown pairing with TJ Brody and uh, Kevin Pipetti. I mentioned him. He brought up this tweet from the game uh, from just his observations. So Jake McCabe has now played four games with the Leafs, all on the road, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and New Jersey are all pretty strong at the top of the lineup. So the, the, now some people say, oh, Vancouver's not a good team. You look at the top line that they they have, the top players they have, you know, JT Miller, Elias uh, um, Pedersen are still doing quite well this season. Those are not easy opponents to go up against. And that's who Jake McCabe has to go up with night in, night out. All pretty strong at the top of the lineup. He hasn't been on the ice for a goal against. I think that's pretty good, you guys. I think that's deserving of some recognition here. And that's why I brought that's part of the reason why I brought up Jake McCabe's name. When I was uh, doing my research heading into the podcast, I was like, wondering, you know, who who can I bring? Who can I put here? I saw that tweet and I said, yeah, I, I had Jake McCabe scribbled down. And I said, yeah, that's going to cement him as a, as a star in this one. And look, just this thing, guys, he is going to be on this team for another two years at two million dollars a season. You know, I, even at, you know, a little more than two to two million dollars a season. And yeah, it's pretty good value for the Leafs, considering he's had to replace Jake Muzzin. And we know Jake Muzzin brings a different type of play that the Leafs are going to need come playoff time. That's the type of play from Jake McCabe that's going to help the Leafs win some of those tight games that they've struggled, struggled to win uh, in past years. So uh, hopefully Jake McCabe can keep it up. Him and TJ Brody seem to do quite well together. Whether or not that pairing remains, we'll see. I think it should. It definitely definitely should. I, it's one that they'll obviously be able to go back to. I just wonder, does Sheldon Keith look to spread things around a little bit and get certain guys with others? But we'll see. We'll see how that comes about. So second star for me, and this was a tough one. Yeah, I thought about Austin Matthews because of the goal he scored. Big goal, big moment. That's kind of the big moment player there. Michael Bunting, big goal as well. But I'm going to go with the second line of Sam Lafferty, William Nylander, and Kelly Yarncroke. I thought they were, without that goal that they scored, I don't know if the Leafs come away with the with the win just because they were they were stuck in the mud. And they needed some a line to get things going because you know New Jersey knew that if they could stop the Matthews and Marner combination, it was going to be hard for the Leafs to find offense from other places. But then uh, Sam Lafferty showing off his speed, showing off you know what he's not a second line center, but guess what? In moments you can find something from him, find something offensively. I've loved the way that 
his speed can create havoc and just create some offensive chances. And it did exactly that on the goal. It backed up all the New Jersey players to see a player coming with speed. And that allowed Nylander to get free a little bit so he can take take the pass, find Cal Yarncroke in front of the net. So a lot of good things to like from that second line there. So whether that line is going to remain, we don't know. Uh, John Tavares looks like he could be back. We'll we'll update that once we get a more uh, official confirmation uh, on another episode, but on the next episode probably. But um, I would think that with uh, with that chain, with Tavares coming back in, I would expect to see Lafferty go back down uh, back down the lineup. So if he can continue to produce like that as a bottom six player. I think you're going to like to see what the Leafs can, bottom six can do offensively because those are the sort of plays that they need to start making. But we had to give the first star to the star of the show. And that was Elias Samsonov. The Toronto Maple Leafs do not win this game if Elias Samsonov does not make those saves he made in the first period. The first period was a very tough period for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I don't. I don't think many would uh, disagree with that assessment. And New Jersey had many plentiful chances early in this game. And Samsonov had to be big. He had to come up with some big saves. That's something he could not do in the in the in his last game against uh, the Edmonton Oilers. He just couldn't make that save when uh, the Leafs were having a hard time with some pressure from you know Connor McDavid, Nate, you no know, especially and. That that costs the Leafs the game a little bit there. They needed their goaltender to make a save, and he didn't make it in that one. But in this one, he definitely did. There was that I know there was that save on uh, on Hughes in front of the net that that set the tone. That set the tone for him. That set the tone for the Leafs in this game. It was a very very important one there. Obviously, New Jersey outshot the Leafs like crazy in the first period. And they did it in, in for a majority second period. It got a little better in the third period. They needed to figure out a way to, uh, to get things going there. So Ely Sansonov definitely deserves recognition for his, uh, for his play there. Yeah. Three goals allowed on, on uh, 33 shots, you know, considering how the struggles he's had on the road, I will take a start like that from Ely Sansonov. I think many people would. So, uh, yeah, and Sheldon Keefe did say he wants to get both Samsonov and Murray some starts along the way. So Murray will start Saturday against Edmonton. I would assume that Samsonov, it's going to be a rotation now. Samsonov will likely get the next game against Buffalo on the Monday, a game I will be in person to watch. So I'll be there for that one. And uh, yeah, considering the roads, road and home splits for Samsonov, it'd be nice to see. And Mike made a good point on the last one, just getting him that opportunity to you know, play more of those games and get more comfortable. And if if that's the type of performance you're going to get on the road from Samsonov, that's that's a very very uh, assuring and comforting thing for the Leafs. So definitely deserving of one of my three stars of the game. So I did say I wanted to discuss something that Sheldon Keefe said heading into this game, and it got a lot of people not too happy with Sheldon Keefe. It was about a comment made about a certain player on his team. So we're going to discuss that on the other side. I just want to talk about another show sponsor of uh, today's Locked On Leafs podcast, and that is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me and want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise 
on taste, then you just got to go and try a built bar. It is healthy and actually tastes well for you. They're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you. It's perfect for those who want to get back on track with their New Year's resolutions. What makes them so good is built bars are made with 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate, and they made many great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I also like the cookie dough flavor. It's a it's a great flavor. And cookies and cream. Those are kind of two of my the staples that I like from Built Bar. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with the whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you can go and get your Built Bars over at Costco or Sam's Club and Walmart. Uh, you can go and grab a big box at Sam's Club, a 13-bar box, or go to the pharmacy section at Walmart and get a four-bar box over there. But if you're like me and like to still order them online, then Built Bar can be ordered at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Just go and grab a Built Bar. You will not regret it. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's your team every day. I'm David Morissuti. Here, Mike DeStefano is on vacation, so you'll be hearing a lot more of me over the next little bit. And there was something I heard, uh, many of us saw over uh, Twitter. I didn't get a chance to listen to Sheldon Keefe's uh, comments um, before the game, and I usually do. Um, I just didn't get a chance to do that, but I did see the very same thing um, that everybody talked about I got everyone talking yesterday, and that was some comments made about Timothy Lilligren. Um, he's been obviously scratched the last, you know, coming into this game, the last two games, you know, getting the new guys in, and he was the odd man out. It's going to happen once in a while. The younger defenseman is the one that's usually going to get scratched. It didn't surprise me that William Neometer got scratched. Was it disappointing? Yes, it was. So uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, gave his thoughts on... Uh, why Neil, uh, why Lilligram was the odd man out. And I know a lot of people wanted to see another defenseman out instead, actually another two defensemen as, as options to uh, come out of lineup. So I just wanted to give you what Sheldon Keefe said and just discuss this a little bit and give my thoughts on it. So uh, Mark Masters tweeting Timothy Lilligram back in after sitting two as healthy scratch with the trades and everything, we got more depth on D. So you got to play at your highest level to be in the lineup. And that's what I'm looking to do. So uh, I like th- So those were um, comments made. And then this is the one that this is the comment here. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing the comment. I'm going to read it for those listening. Sheldon Keefe on Timothy Lilligren. He's an important guy for us. But as I've talked to him about, our team is deeper on defense now. The standard is higher in terms of staying in. He was in a similar situation last season. We saw that last season. We saw that in the playoffs. He started out, then Justin Hall came in for him. I didn't agree with that at the time. I thought Timothy Lilligren deserved to stay in the lineup, and I still think Timothy Lilligren deserves to stay in the lineup. I think uh, I think his ceiling is a lot higher for the Leafs, and... I know everyone. It's this comes after the after the Rasmus Sandin trade, and you're trading away a young defenseman that has likely a higher ceiling than you know, like let's say a Justin Hall. And I know a lot of people have not been thrilled with Morgan Riley's play, and he's certainly not played well. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. This is not the Morgan Riley uh, that that the Leafs want to give this eight year extension to, and now they're now he's he's sort of feeling it, the pressure right now. 
I'm my and my question. I think a lot of people are questioning Sheldon Keefe right now and saying, "What exactly is the standard?" And I'm I'm curious to know what standard Sheldon Keefe is holding uh, Timothy Lilligren to because he can't hold him to the standard same standard that Morgan Riley is being held to because Morgan Riley should not be in the lineup in that case because he hasn't played to the standard I think that's been set for him. So there's that. Also, Justin Hall hasn't exactly had his best games either. I don't like you know he was he's been he's been playing better i will say playing with mark giordano he's done all right um uh, i i i do i but at the same time i just don't know if i have the same confidence with uh with when i watch uh when i watch justin hall at times as well so i don't want to nitpick here at justin hall uh, per se but the fact that Timothy Logan is being scratched and then he's saying that there's a standard here. And I'm like, those players not playing to the right standard. And I think that's an unfair characterization of uh, Timothy Logan to make it seem like he's not the only, he's the only, and I don't understand that Sheldon Keith is saying this, but it feels like he's saying that he hasn't played to the standard when there's so many others not. Now I know a lot of people have also gone upset about seeing, you know, Rasmus Sandin since joining the Washington Capitals balloon into I mean, he looks great already. You know, he put up three points in his debut. Then he has a couple of uh, points the next game. Like, I, I'm, are you? I'm surprised. I was a little surprised, obviously, to see him. You know, get those points right away. I'm, not, but I'm not surprised to see that a young defenseman who was given more opportunity all of a sudden starts to flourish. But here's the thing: the Washington Capitals are not under any pressure to win. Right. So a individual performance like that from Sandine, yes, it looks good on him, but the Washington Capitals also uh he he has uh, haven't exactly played well either. So is it would I rather see it, it, it's nice to see that Sandine's getting those points, but it'd be better to see him contributing in many ways too, right? I mean they picked up the A3 win over San Jose. I'm not surprised because San Jose is not a very good team and Washington should beat them. They did lose that second game against the Kings where he had the two points on the only two goals that uh, Washington scored. But I think the issue here, and you're trying to make that, you're trying to say that the Leafs maybe have made a mistake to let him go. It was never about the offense for Sandine. We know he has the offense. It's just, can you trust him to play an increased role and be good enough defensively in the playoffs? And there was other players they felt were playing better than that. I understand that. And you know what? You're getting an asset back and at least, and you got guys going to be here for the next year. Like Jake McCabe's going to be here. Jordano is going to be here next year. I understand that, you know, Timothy uh, with, sorry, not Timothy. Well, Timothy Logan too. With Rasmus Sandin, this is supposed to be a long-term thing. And I get that, but at least we're under so much pressure to win. They need to make sure that, you know, with the other moves that they made, that they put themselves in the best position to win now. And I, and Rasmus Sandin, I had I had faith that he could come in and play well enough in, at the NHL level. It's just I wasn't going to expect him to play higher up in the lineup. I would rather have a Jake McCabe in the playoffs than a Rasmus Sandin. If some people don't like that, you haven't seen some of the defensive issues that Rasmus Sandin has had. And the fact that I don't know if I would trust Rasmus Sandin in the situation that Jake McCabe was in last night. 
uh, some people might not like that opinion, but that's that's kind of how I based what the Leafs did and why they did it. They still got a draft. They still got a first round pick back. I know it's going to be a late one from Boston, but that's where they kicked up Rasmus Sandy in the first place. So, you know, I, I think uh, the more important thing here is I think with Timothy Logan, they viewed him as a problem. He is the more important piece going forward for this Leafs team. They don't have the log jam on the right side that they do on the left side. I think right now, if I'm Timothy Lilligren, it's tough. It's probably tough. You're trying to do what you can to stay in the lineup, and there's certain players that they that Sheldon Keefe has preferred to play over him. You, the only thing I would tell Timothy Lilligren, just make sure you don't give Sheldon Keefe a reason to say, I we can't trust you to play right now. Continue to play well. Let the other players make the mistakes that they've been making. And eventually, Sheldon Keefe will have to come to the realization that you got to play your best players, and hopefully Timothy Gilligren, he'll realize that Timothy Gilligren deserves that opportunity. It's frustrating. It is definitely frustrating, but I think he will eventually get there. Um, so I'm not too worried about Timothy Gilligren right now, um, but I do think that going forward, it doesn't help to have a young defenseman like this out. He needs to play in these situations to know how to handle them. So I hope Sheldon Keefe gets... Uh, kind of understands that i'm sure he, i mean look he understands that i'm sure he understands that he understands that timothy Lilligren is a part of the future here justin hall not so much so hopefully we see a little change in that all right that will do it for us here today on the podcast I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show you can subscribe to the locked on these podcasts on, and on all podcasting platforms to receive daily leaves content follow myself at the underscore more studi and follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode later in the week where we'll catch you up on the latest Leafs news. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.